Uh, today's daf is Ayin, and we pick up on the uh, bottom of Samach Tzedem Bet, the middle of the bottom of Samach Tzedem Bet, and um, we're in the middle of a very famous Agarita, where um, the Gemara is uh, talking about the uh, the Psukim in Ezra, where it says that they called out to God in a great cry. What did they call out? And the Gemara says that they called out that uh, they are, here they are, they're about to rebuild the second base of Mikdash, and uh, they recognize that the first base of Mikdash was destroyed because of Avodah Zarah and they're calling out to God that this Yetzir uh, Hara the uh, evil inclination for Avodah Zarah has led to all of this terrible you know uh, consequences and prayed to God to have it destroyed and God gave it over to them and they uh, they put it in a lead uh, you know bowl or whatever pot and they got rid of it and then they realized they wanted to do the same for the Yetzir Hara of sex but, they, but then they realized that that would be um, too destructive that the Yetzir of sex is what keeps uh, procreation going keeps the world going the power of the human drive and so on um, so I would be quite fascinating mostly people focus on the second part of that about the Yetzir Hara of sex um, I want to just say one thing one or two things about the Yetzir Hara of Avodah Zara before we continue number one is as I said, this has some historical, you know, sort of... Chazal might have been looking at, you know, when they described this, at the historical reality, because, as we know, you know, the Gemara says, in the first place of Mikdash, it was Avodazar, Gilirai, Shrikhusamim, second place of Mikdash, Sinachinam. And the reality was, was in the time of the second place of Mikdash, you, you read the Nevi'im, all they're doing in the first place of Mikdash is, Odam, Zabchimu, Mekatim, Babamot, Rakabamot, Losaru, you know, Avodazar is a huge thing. You don't hear about that as a problem in the second base of Mikdash at all. And the reality is, is in the larger world as well. You know, there was a waning of of a serious sort of belief in, mm-hmm. you know, in, uh, in paganism and idolatry and so on. I mean, that was the groundwork was sort of set for uh, monotheistic faith, which has to do with, you know, Christianity and so on. Anyway, so that's a reality that they are reflecting. Number one, even though, as I mentioned, the Psukim there in Nehemiah don't allude to Avodazar at all. They allude to the fact that he's, he's regularly sinned in the past, but Avodazar is almost not, is, is absent. Anyway, but that's, I think, partly the issue that they are relating to and they are <coughs> sort of describing that this how did this happen because they prayed for the for the destruction of the Yitzhah of, of Odazarah that's point number one point number two though is and the most fascinating point is what is this that it emerged like a like a fire of lion a lion of fire from the Kodesh Kedoshim what is the Yitzhahara of Avodazara doing in the Kodesh Kedoshim as it were so um, so there's a different interpretation but I think certainly the most immediate one that it, subje- that, that it suggests is you know we just read a not so long ago in the Gemara about a very um, uh, very uh, iconic uh, that's probably the wrong word but a uh, physical manifestation of God and God's you know sort of connection to Israel taking place in the Kodesh Kadashim. I mean, the whole point that the Kohen Gadol enters into the Kodesh Kadashim, and, um, you know, and that sort of led to this Gemara very much about this erotic imagery of going into the sort of inner chamber, and then the discussion of the Kruvin, and seeing the Kruvin intertwined, and the Gemara said, you know, like lovers, like, you know, and how this relates to how God in B'nai Israel, you know, is shown to the B'nai Israel at the Regal, you know, but the Kruvin in general, you know, is an image, now, it's not the image of God. Maybe it's the image of the angels that surround God or that there are God's chariot. God is over the Kruvim. But it's a statue. It's a phys- in the Kodesh Kodashim, in the holiest place, which is the place of the most intense presence of God. And, you know, and on the one hand, so obviously all of, you know, 
Judaism is about getting rid of these images and how that corrupts the idea of God, but there's this very powerful human need for there to be a way to directly connect in some ways that human beings can relate to. So that was the angel. So, you know, you don't have a representation of God, but it's a mikdash. You get stuff that's a lot of physicality, you know, without being God, God's self. And you get the Kruvim, which again, not exactly God, but they're right there. They're right in the Kodesh Kedashim, and they're actually these statues, you know. And that, and again, we're right in the middle of talking about entering into the Kodesh Kedashim, and this very intense <laughs> encounter, and all of that imagery about the Kruvim representing, like I said, lovers and intertwined, and, you know, and they're very, so there's a lot of uh, stuff that, like, feels a little uncomfortable from a monotheistic, getting rid of any images, any representation, very pure, you know, type of a faith. But that also relates to this very profound human need of this connection, which is a lot of the physicality of the Beit Hamikdash. So it could be that what they're actually representing is is that that sort of you know there's a yitzer horror of a vodazara that's a part of all of that desire of how to connect to God in this physical way. That you know that the same way the yitzer horror of sex. It's not only bad, it's good, right? It leads to marital sex and procreation and eggs and all of these types of things. Yezavadazara is this desire for a more immediacy and intimacy of connection. And that is, that's part of what's going on in the Kodesh Kadashim. It may be a good way, but that's part of what's going on. So if Yezavadazara departs, right, then it leaves the Kodesh Kadashim. Then fine, that's going to be a change in our way of relating to God. And guess what also left the Kodesh Kadashim in the Vaishani? What didn't they have in the Kodesh Kodesh? They, they didn't have the arrow. What's the crew then? Right? So, they lay, so that whole thing, that aspect of our relating to God, which has a very negative side because of how it could be completely, you know, you know uh, go off the derech, as it were, and lead to a real corruption of God. But there was also a power of that connection as well. That departed. That they prayed for it to depart. That left the Kodesh Kodesh. In that regard, I want to read to you a fascinating, like I, I give a lecture on this side by side between a passage from Rav Cook and a passage from Yeshayahu Leibowitz and I'm not going to read the whole thing but I want to just read you a selection because the basic upshot is is that Rav Cook says it's you know the Gemara says that we lost the Yitzhahara of Vodazara Rav Cook says it's too bad we lost the Yitzhahara of Vodazara that was the drive <laughs> for a really alive passionate immediate type of connection to God now the religion has become sterile and dry and morose that's what Rav Cook says. Rav, Rav, Yisrael Leibowitz says, you know, the Gemara says we lost the Yetar of Avodah Don't believe it. That's just an agarita. The Yetar of Avodah is alive and well in, in, in Kabbalah and in its followers and in Rav Cook and in yeah. his followers. Mm-hmm. And he, so this is like quite fascinating how these two, how they relate to it. I'm just going to read you one line from each. Hold on. It says, um... <laughs> He says like this. He says, um, he says, now, you know, we can have a, 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 from Rav Kook, from it says this, I'll give you the source. It's called Adar, Adar Hayakar. Anyway, he says that, um, you know, we used to have this very passionate, alive, breathing religion, but it says, Asher may ask to beat the Yitzra Davorazara, but from the time that the Yitzra Davorazara has been, has been annulled, Nistawe Koach Hachayim Hara'anan, Shal Yisod Ha'avah Elokit Min Holam, departed the power, the, the life force of the, the, the sort of uh, flourishing, you know, uh, um, uh, life force of the foundation of divine love from the world. 
of course, like any um, uncultivated power, you know, that we have, you need, it needs to be cultivated, it needs to be trained. You don't cultivate it, right? And it goes wild, and it goes off the derech, and it leads to paganism and idolatry. The same with a sexual desire. It has to be channeled, okay? But it doesn't mean you get rid of it. If you get rid of it, now we don't have this passion and this love of God. He goes on and on about how, because we've been amongst the other nations, where our religion has become shriveled and morose and so on, and we don't have this sort of, the power for this really, you know, emotional and in- immediate connection with God. That's that's Rev Cook. Uh, uh, what Yeshaya um, Leibowitz in a under the heading of Avodah Zara in a in a in a lexicon of Jewish ideas writes the following. Okay, he says like this. He says, uh, no, I think it's his entry. He says, Agadam Saperes and Sheik Nesas Agdola, he slichu ladbir et yeter harashel avodazab Yisrael. The Gadda says that they succeeded in destroying the evil inclination. Ach ein ela eladive agadah. Let's discuss the story. May olam will pasuk the olamash of yadut hamaavak hanoash. Never has ended in Judaism the uh, the the the, the um, disheartening uh, you know the struggle. Shel haemunah b'Hashem echad was a belief in a, a pure belief in a true God. Neged hamashicha hativit shel adam against the natural inclination of a person. Ubichlal zegam adam. He's including Jews. Lelilut. For idolatry, but through a through a, 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 a curtain of a belief of one God, behind a mask of a belief of one God. People can't deal with the difference between what's truly holy and truly transcendent and something that's more of of their you know world. And he goes on and he says whether this is talking about Christianity, whether this is talking about Kabbalah, and then finally he says about he gets in a lick at the cook and says. Um, he says he gets a lot of people in here. The Kuzari, the Maharal, okay. He says the Adlus Aminus Yamin Bechasidut through different parts of Chasidut. The Adler Akuk, Asher Baguto, Hama Yisrael, etc. They've all turned into these man- physical manifestations of the divine. So, you know, so really speaks about this tension, powerful tension between a purity of faith which is the rejection of imagery, right? But the, that, how impossible or challenging that makes it to have a sense of a direct connection to God because at the end of the day, we're physical and we're humans. How do you connect to something that's completely unlike you? So, you know, so that is, you know, our, our, is a good thing or a bad thing that we lost it, but this that God is describing that there was a profound change in the time of the Bayezini and again, fascinating how it locates that it left from the Kodesh Kadashim. Considering everything that we've discussed about that encounter in the Kodesh Kadashim, and how in the Bayesheni you no longer have the Kruvim in the Aron, you just have the stone. Yes? Well, Cook is saying that, um, that the rabbis at the time erred. Uh, um, I don't know. You could re- uh, He doesn't exactly say that, but yes, he says it's too bad that we've lost it. Yeah. He might have said that it was needed at that time because of how it had gone so out of control. Remember, they didn't kill it. They just put it in a lead pot. Maybe saying we now got to let it go out of the pot again. Maybe we'll blind its eyes like we did so with maybe. the Yetzirah for uh, sex, so but we still got to let it back out of the pot. So maybe instead of looking for the, for the side of the arm, we should be looking for the side of the lead pot. There you go. What? They're buried together. I don't know about the lion. Okay, let's get back to the Gemara. The Gemara says like this. Yes. The whole construct is also extremely Greek in the tension between the Apollonian tension and Dionysian tension. 
That's interesting. Right, 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 right. So that's emphasizing sort of the very the passionate aspect, which is definitely a part of it. But I don't want to forget that even taking away sort of the uh, senses component of it, you know, there's still this a desire to connect and the and the the impossibility of connecting with something that is completely other. So you know, so so yes, but yes, definitely the whole senses aspect and the passion is a major part of that. Okay, let's get back to the Gemara. It says, okay, Gido, um, the line starts with the word Amar. It is about twenty lines from the bottom. There's a little hay in parentheses, one word in after the word Amar. So in, Mar, in Eretz Yisrael, they teach the following: Gido Amar Gadol. What does it mean that the with a with you know that they the, the, the great God talking about that event in Ezra of the reading of the Torah? Shegidlo b'shem amiforash. Like we said before, that they used God's ineffable name when they read the Torah at this gathering. You know, at the in the in, in, by, with Ezra. Rav Masna, Rav Masna says Ha'el Gadol Yibor Ve'Anorah. No. What they did was this other pasuk in Nehemia, when they praised God and they used the words gadol. Again, all of this is a discussion of what this word gadol meant. Did they use God's name? Did they give a blessing to God? So he says it's how they describe God. God who is great and powerful and awesome. Uh, full of awe. Um, so the Hadra of Masna, now this statement of Masna, that he underscored that, that this was what was so special about what they did at this reading of the Torah that they used this char- these words to describe God. So Matzil is Rabbi Yosho ben Levi, sort of inclines towards is similar to a, a statement of Rabbi Yosho ben Levi. The Amar Rabbi Yosho ben Levi, Rabbi Yosho ben Levi says, Lamani Kishman Anche Knesses Hagidola. Why were they the people who were sort of seen as the forerunners of Chazal and beginning at the beginning of the Bayashani period, the members of the great assembly, uh, the ones who were Metakein Tefillah, according to Chazal and so on, did many of these sort of early institutions of Judaism in the Bayashani period. Why were they called the people of the great assembly? What's great? Gdola. Sheikh Ziru Yoshna, they returned the crown to its old glory. Uh, what does that mean? Asa, the crown had been dirtied, or whatever, had, had lost its shine. Asa Moshe Yama'ar, when Moshe was around, he said, He described God as great, powerful, and full of awe. Asa Yirmiyah, but Yirmiyah came, and when it was like, you know, and the basement was destroyed, and he said, The non-Jews are dancing, or, um, you know, or, 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 or croaking, yeah, there's different gears, some of them rocked in, in God's sanctuary. Where is God's awe? That, 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 that they feel they have license to do this. Lo Amar Norah. He didn't say Nora because if you look in the pasuk in Yirmiyah, it says Ha'el Hagadol Hagibor, and it doesn't say Nora. Rashi, I think, quotes the pasuk. Rashi says, Yeah, Rashi says Ha'el Hagadol Hagibor, Hashem Tzvakot Shemo Yirmiyah Lamedet. It didn't say Nora. He couldn't say Nora. He couldn't bring himself to say Nora. Also, Daniel, Daniel, once they were already in Golis, came and Amar Nochim Mishtabdin Bevanav. Look what's happening here in Golis. The non-Jews are subjugating God's children. Right, we're under the yoke of the uh, of the Babylonians. Where's God's you know power and might? You know, you don't subjugate somebody else's you know children if you think if you're afraid of their power. 
Lower Gibor, he didn't say Gibor, because the Pasuk in, in Daniel says, um, that says, Hakel Hagadol Vanorat, does not say Gibor. If he just says Gadol, though. Okay, uh, whatever. Asa Inahu of so they came along and they said, no. Ah, the Rabba, the opposite is true. Zui Gvurat, Zui Gvurat Gvurato, Zui Gvurato. Shekoveshet Yitro, this is how God shows his power, that he's able to subjugate his desire, right? Eze Gibor HaKoveshet Yitro. Um, tame, and he doesn't act he's not like uh, you know God doesn't have poor impulse control he doesn't act immediately right. he lets the wicked get away with stuff you know not uh, ultimately but he does not immediately react and that's his greatness maybe he gives people opportunity to do tshuva he gives sinners an opportunity to get deeper into their hole free maybe will. but he allows people free will and that's God's greatness the Elu Norotav, and that's also God's awesomeness. Sha'ilmali Mora Osha Kadesh Barakhu, if it were not that there was this fear of God, Heikh Uma Akhat Yukhalit Kayim Ben Umot, how could we have survived, you know, such a long gulf? You know, we're a tiny little people, we're amongst these huge nations. At some level there is some awe and fear of God and of the Jewish people that has not allowed us to be completely destroyed, so even with all these bad things happening. So that's so that's what they were on taking as Gidolah because it's quite fascinating by the way because the one word that wasn't taken out by Yermio and Daniel was Gadol <laughs> they didn't have to get the word Gadol to go back but anyway they restored the other words and that was their greatness and that's what you see therefore when in, 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 at the time of Ezra he uses all three terms Hakel HaGadol HaGibor Vanora so now the Gemara isn't done the Gemara says um, how did the rabbis funny who's being called rabbis but Yermiyahu and Daniel how did they take away one of the ter- one of the words used to describe God I mean you know it's in the Torah how, what, what, do you, you know, what, what allows you to change you know, what, what's in the Torah now, it's not like there's a mitzvah to use those three terms but it says a, you know, an institution a way of talking about God that Moshe established with these terms where do you get the chutzpah taking one of those terms out so I'm a Rebbe Elazar, and we toast to Yodim Barakadosh Baruch Hu Shemitihu, because they know ultimately God is about truth. Remember when they prayed for the Yitzhak of the the little petek of that said Emet fell from heaven. So they know that God is about truth. The aim, um, so Lefikach Lo Kizbubo. If God is all about truth, we're not going to lie when we're talking about God. We have to be true to our experience of God. Now the Marshat says it doesn't Chasvishalom mean that Moshe got it wrong. It means obviously God is Hakel HaGadol HaGibor Vanora, but that they, God was not demonstrating that aspect of who God was in their time. That's true, that that's true about God, but that wasn't being manifest about God in their time, and they had, could not say something about God that was not true to their experience of God. So this passage is extremely powerful. I, when I, you know, talking to... Uh, people about when they have, you know, challenges in terms of liturgy, because that's ultimately what it is. How do you say things in the liturgy that you don't feel are true, true to at least your religious experience of God, your, you know, your your religious reality? How do you say things that you don't connect to? Um, And, you know, some people, I'll just tell you once, uh, about going back when I came, first came to Riverdale, must have been about like whatever, 15 years ago or so, one of the early uh, sermons I remember Rabbi Weiss giving was always about how we have to have more kavan and davening. And then afterwards, he comes over, it's like a, few, a week later, I bump into him and he said, I got a letter from somebody about my sermon. He said, nobody ever says anything to me about something. Somebody actually wrote a letter. And he says, in this letter, this person says, Rabbi Weiss, Please don't ask me to have more kavanah and davening. The only way I survive davening is by not having kavanah. 
<laughs> and that this person was basically saying, if I try to have Kavana, there are too many things that I that don't that feel I'm, I'm at odds with. Yeah. You know, so what do I do when I those words don't resonate and don't feel true to me? So one approach is don't have Kavana. I guess one approach is change the davening. And there are definitely, you know, denominations and people that modify the davening for the take out the things that, that they don't feel that they that that really can be true to them and their experience of God. But what the the Gemara is saying is what the Ayanchek Nesagdola said is you don't change the words you, 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 well, you reinterpret them yeah. right it's like the, that's the classic approach is that you interpret and you reinterpret and you find a way you know to make them be meaningful for your experience it's like called a, there's a phrase like, it's like a, also called like transvaluing which is it's not you, you, you maintain the practice but you find a way in which to give it value and meaning in a way in which it sort of resonates and remains to be true to you if you frame it in a different way um, and that's really about the you know the uh, tension between maintaining the tradition and maintaining the continuity and you know and not everybody sort of do it like a make it yourself type of a thing but still recognizing that importance of being true to yourself and true to God and how do you bridge that so it's a very powerful Gemara in that regard um, and um, you know so uh, again I, I don't know if that fits into a larger theme we're talking about now about Yom Kippur or about the earlier theme about the Yitzhah Zara, but two very powerful agatas right here on this stuff. Okay, and now back to the regular avoda of Yom Kippur. Okay, the Kore Achrei Mosach Desor. So the Kohen Gadol is there. He's now in the Azara, or maybe in the Ezrat Nashim, we said, and he's reading from the Torah, and he's doing a, you know, what do you do on uh, Yantiv and Shabbos, whatever? You read the Torah. So he reads the parts of Achrei Mos, which is the avoda, and Ach Desor, which is later, which is an Emor, which is the Mosach. You can skip when you're reading Navi, the Haftorah. You can skip from one section to the next, but not when you're reading the Torah. So how can, in one reading, he scroll a little bit and read and jump Sukim and read from a different section? What does it mean by Bidagin? Does it mean like patch and paste Sukim? Yeah, like in some Haftorahs, we, 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 we jump like 20 Sukim later and end the Haftorah with a pasta that's not... That's not continuous. Right. Right for the Haftarah. No, no. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah. We scroll the whole column. We skip a whole column between the first and second. Oh, that's true. That's true. So, um, well, we'll see, because this, because the Gemara, the Gemara particularly, well, let's see how the Gemara qualifies it, okay, let's see how the Gemara qualifies it, because now it's saying you don't do it. One of the differences there, anyway, could be that that's different aliyot, and we're going to get to the issue of different aliyot in a minute, different people being called up, mm-hmm. which allows you on a set, another person, you could go somewhere else, right, but, here, right, but here, right, but here, but here, but in a maftir, you don't. Sometimes in a maftir, you start one thing, and then you jump sukim, or you, you know, and you read from a different section. So, Midalgi, the Navi, you can jump when you're reading Navi in the Torah, even with one person. It's a point about the about the tiny keyboard is good, but that's two two different aliyot. But here it's talking even within one aliyah, you uh, jump in the Torah. Uh, the aim of Dalgin the Torah, you do not jump when you're reading the Torah. So how could he call Yadol jump? Well, Kasha, can you scroll and jump to a new place before the translator finishes doing his translation? So you don't want to. Yeah, this is the second Right. 
Right. Right. Anyway, do you, so do, if you can do it before, the, so you don't have to have an obvious pause, it's like, he finished, and wait, 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 I haven't got up to it yet, then that's a problem, you know, but if you can do it without an obvious pause, as soon as he's finished, you're already up to the new place, then it's okay, which is quite fascinating, which locates the problem in being the pause and the waiting and the interruption whereas you might have thought the problem is is that you don't want people to think that you know by a Torah it's much more important for them to understand the flow of the psukim and not to think that these psukim are juxtaposed you know but the Navi maybe that's not as critical of a concern so here it's saying no actually if you can do it without a pause you're okay so tani one minute. But on that we actually said on this on this on this brighter we said the dogging the navi vein the dogging the Torah. You skip in the navi on the Torah. At kamen the dalei. How much can you skip when you're allowed to skip in the navi? So when you're allowed to skip in the navi, that's as long as you do it without the guy interrupting. That's as long as you don't have to pause. Habitorah, so it's clear that regarding the Torah, even if the guy doesn't have to pause, even if you don't have to pause, even if you can do it quickly, you're not allowed to skip. So Amar Abai said Abai Lokash. It's not difficult. It depends whether it's a different topic. You can't if you're in the middle of reading, you know, the story of Abraham. You don't skip to the story of Yaakov, right? But if you're reading the passage about the Avodah of Yom Kippur of Achremos, then you can go ahead and skip to Emor and read the Musaf because then you're maintaining the theme. But again, then it seems like the problem is not that people will leave with an impression that this is the order of the psukim. That's not, is that was the problem? Who cares? One topic, two topics. If anything, you're more likely to think that it's all one thing if they are the same theme. Right? So what exactly is the problem? So if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, binyan echad, about ten lines from the bottom, to go in harcha, and you also have to make sure that you can jump you need both things right if it's the Torah that the guy that the guy hasn't finished interpreting and that it's the same topic what's the issue of two separate topics okay that the Torah is really very weighty right every single pasuk is about what you can do and can't do and consequences and you have to absorb it right it's a good, interesting you're a similar just words right enter into the heart to absorb you have to absorb what you're hearing if you're jumping around different topics and different ideas it's way too confusing I can't absorb everything I'm hearing so according to Rashi the problem is not that you might believe that this is all one parsha. you might actually you might actually believe that but we're okay with that we just want to make sure that if you're listening to the Torah you're getting everything that you're hearing that you're able to absorb everything you're hearing fascinating way of explaining where the locus of our concern is okay I don't know so the Gemara says like that okay the Gemara says Atanya and we talked similarly in a Brayta and by the Torah you can jump if you're sticking within the same theme but by another you can even jump from one theme to the next the Kandakan and in both cases what's necessary is and you do it before the translator finishes so there's no pause Okay, so now the Gemara says, "Ve'ein medalgi minavi lo've'ein." I'm sorry, keep on going. "Ve'ein medalgi minavi lo've'ein." Ubenavi shall shnei masar medalgi. What what you can't do is you can't jump from one navi to the next. Don't begin reading in Yirmiya and then jump to something in Yeshayahu. But you can jump from shnei masar, which is quite fascinating ah, because you know there's like which we do actually right around the Yamin Dorayim, right? We have Micha, we add it in to the whole thing of Shabbos Shuvah, right? Which is fascinating. They're different authors, but somehow since halachically the same sefer, we're allowed to jump around. 
The one thing you can't do is don't go backwards. In the same sefer. So right, you could start like by Novi number 11 of the Shemathar, presumably, and jump to number 10, maybe, but not necessarily, because it says, I, actually, I don't know, I have to check that up. I'm not sure that within one sefer, that's considered one sefer, that's what gives you the latitude to jump. So what do we do, actually? When we do it on Shabbat Shuvah, we jump from what to what? From here. You can look over there. Rabbi, there's a question. Yeah. Is that, is that, uh, by by Shabbos Shuvah we jump from there's three different stories. Yeah, there's two. Well, there's different customs, but they're we only did two here. So I didn't realize that the Hashem Yomim. We jump. Okay, we go Hosea Yoel Micha. Now, who knows the order of Tresar? Is that keeping in the order? Hosea Yoel Micha. Hosea. Yo and Yoel. No, Yoel, I think it's after Misha, I think. Really? Okay. So somebody can check that. Anyway, the one thing you don't do is you don't go backwards. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's okay it's a different story. Yeah, but, but what allows us to jump from one number to another is they're the same safer. Okay, moving on. Yeah, Yoel. Misha. Is that the right order? Yeah, there are fewer between you. But that is sequential. There you go. So that's sequential. Okay. All right, moving on. The Golo Sefer Torah. Okay, so he reads, then he rolls up the Sefer Torah, holds it, and then he reads the part that in, um, what do you call it, that in Timchas, the Alpeh. And he says, more than is written here, I, uh, you know, more, you know, more than I'm sa- you know, more, more is written here than I've actually read to you, so that they understand that he's reading, I'll get you the exact language. He says, he reads it, he rolls it up, puts it in his chest, and says, More than is written in here is, uh, more than what I read for you is written here. And then he goes ahead and he says the part in Pinchas, meaning making it very clear that that is in the Torah, but I'm not reading it from the Torah. Okay? So let's take a look. So we're going to talk about it. Okay. Why does he have to make this declaration? You should know that there's stuff here in the, in the, in the Sefer that I'm not, you know, that, you know, there's more than, I'm, than I've read. So, like, what I'm saying now about Pet is in the Sefer. So people should not lead to a, you know, that they should not uh, lead to rumoring about the Sefer Torah and say, oh, yeah, he didn't read from Pinchas. Probably is that that partial wasn't written in there. You know, probably was it, there was a problem with that partial, whatever. No. I, I, it is in here. Everything's okay with the Sefer. I'm just reading it while Pat. Now we're going to discuss why he reads it while Pat. Do roll it up. Okay? So we sort of just a little bit talked about jumping. So, um, you don't roll it up. Why do you not roll it up? Because it makes everybody have to wait. So again, it's quite fascinating. That that all the time. We, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But again, how this sugya doesn't reference the previous sugya because the previous sugya implicitly had the same issue. You don't jump waiting for the guy to translate if you can do it within that time. So anyway, different way of framing a similar concern. Anyway, you don't roll it up in the tzibur in the middle of an aliyah because it makes everybody wait. So the Gemara says, by the way, for all the, you know, this concept of how is Kvot HaTzibor framed and what are the issues around Kvot HaTzibor, this is one of the cases where it's, a, where, where, where it's labeled as that concern. Fine, bring a second Sefer Torah. 
So Rav Huna Bar Yudah Amar Mishum Pekamosha we shown no because then people will say oh you got to bring a second one there's something wrong with the first one you got to get out a second one so we don't want to look at that Reish one minute Reish Lagish Amar Mishum Bracha Shein Etzricha no because if you switch Sefer Torah you'd have to make another bracha now this is fascinating because what other bracha would you have to make the end brachas again the beginning bracha again who ever heard that he made a beginning bracha like this doesn't seem like it's the standard institution of Kriyat there aren't three Olim, he just gets up there and reads. Now, the final bracha he does make is, is ala Torah. Okay, that we've seen, that he actually does make that, that bracha, which is similar to the final. But they make seven other brachos. So, is this an expansion of the framework of Kriyat HaTorah? Did he make the opening bracha of Asher Bachar Banu? It never says. When it's concerned here about the need to make another bracha, does it think that if you leave one Sefer Torah, you have to make all eight brachot? And then you're going to open up the next one and make all eight brachot? Is that what it's saying? Or is it saying, no, actually there's an opening bracha here, Vashar Bacharbanu, we didn't mention it. And if he moves to another Sefer Torah, he'll have to make another opening bracha. So it's not, clear, it's not clear, but, well, it's just considered bracha shenitzricha, because it's, un- un- it's unnecessary. It's not, it's not levatala, but, you, but it's unnecessary. So, again, what's fascinating here is, A, the assumption that switching a Sefer Torah, although there's no other aliyah, you know, there's, nobody's getting an aliyah I mean if anywhere there's only one person getting, getting an aliyah the switching of the Sefer Torah demands another bracha because you have to give a blessing not just on the reading as an abstract but a blessing on the physical Torah that you're reading from you know or that relates to the physical Torah so the presence of another Sefer Torah, Sefer Torah demands another bracha that's what's fascinating number one and number two is what do you call it is the, uh, is the assumption that this is you know or the possibility that this is somewhat the structure of of an aliyah and that actually maybe there's even an opening bracha going on here that we do not reference now of course when you find a toast in the Sefer Torah and you switch it you don't make another bracha so it raises you know, but here at least there is this assumption that it is no let's just read more it says Okay, so he says Mishum Bracha Shein Etzricha. Mishashin in the Pagma. Are we really concerned about a like sort of a you know raising a stigma on the first one? Vamer Rabbi Yehuda Nafka Rosh Chodesh Tevet Shachali Up Shabbat. It's Rosh Chodesh Tevet on Shabbos, right? And it's Pur and it's Chanukah. Mevian Shlosha Torot. The Koren Achas Bin Yonashal Yom. When you read whatever the Shabbos Parsha is, Vachas Shalosh Chodesh, Vachas Shal Chanukah. So you have three Sifrei Torah. So three different people with three Sifrei Torah each one gets a separate Aliyah there's no Pagam you know no, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't abandon one in the middle of an Aliyah so each one gets their is a separate Sefer that's not a problem similar to issues discussed before about jumping around you know in the reading of, of Tanis but have one person in the middle of his Kriya go to another Sefer there is a concern of stigmatizing and this is an issue that comes up where in various contexts when problems might come up in a Sefer Torah and so on. So again, though, the upshot is, so fine, that explains why you, you didn't scroll, A, you don't scroll, you don't want to make people wait, you don't move a Sefer Torah, but again, the, uh, the, the question that we're left with is, first, the reality that you would, that would demand another bracha to switch a Sefer Torah, and two, the question about how much is this an expansion of the general structure of an Aliyah, how much was there an opening bracha as well, is not said, but it certainly left us wondering. Okay, very quick, because we're like way behind. Okay, so one thing is, you know, it's interesting to think that Rakhash and Shukhas need to go on the left, for the case of Sarah, for instance, for Spartacus, you know, 
then you, you do a Kaddish on both Sifrei Torah. Well, Kaddish is not the same as a bracha. And then the other thing is, so why don't they do just like what they had with Sotah, where they had sort of Megillah, they had it all there. So just have like a parchment that has it all in one, and then you don't have to worry about anything. No, because it's not like the Megillah. The whole point here is that it's an act of Kriyat Torah. It is similar to the whole institute, rabbinic institution of Kriyat Torah to relate to the actual Sifrei Torah. So, yeah, I mean, you whole see, and that's the whole thing to remember again. They're making it, they're having a show experience. They're getting the Rosh HaKnesset. So that's the question of how much is this really that institution of a classic Kriyat HaTorah? Yes. Does that mean that the verb is to read when he's not reading? Um, what do you mean? Koreb Alpeh. Yeah. But he's reciting a verse. He's reciting something that's written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Koreb is also Mikra. It's the recite. No, 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 no. But it's because it's Mikra. It relates to the recitation of a biblical verse. You would, but I understand. But the word Koreb relates to Mikra. You would not say he's Koreb from Sefer Hamakabim or he's Koreb from the Mishnah. Okay, I don't think you would. He's co- because it's mikra. You use that verb. Okay, and so eight blessings. Ala Torah, so one brach is al Torah. Like you say at the end of an aliyah, right? Right, the end brach of an aliyah. Again, we mentioned the question of is there a beginning one? Okay, ala vodav al kitikna. Those three brachot are like the standard. What do you mean standard? No, because we actually have a brach on avoda. Ritzay. Now, right? So we end hamachazir shchinat cholitzion. But Rashi says you would end like we end by by when we do the birchas kohenim. So chalavat which could reflect how you say a brach of accept our sacrifices at a time when there is a Beit HaMikdash. So that's Avodah. What do we say? What's after it say? What brach and shmonah say after it say? Modim. Modim Okay, that's the modim. After God accepts the sacrifices, you give thanks. Okay? The al, mechilat avon. Where's that? Well, there's a brach on Yom Kippur about mechilat avon. Mochel, love, love, and a saint of Lomonos, and Mogbeis Yisrael, Maviyash, Mosein, Bechos, Shana, Vashana, Melech, Mochel, Vasaleah. That bracha is what the Kohen Gadol makes now after the avodah is finished. The al, mikdash, bishneatma, velkonim, bishneatma, velisrael, bishneatma, velshar, tfilah. And it doesn't elaborate what those brachot are. We mentioned when we read the Mishnah how Rashi said that the text Rashi gives is Yerushalmi that also gives the text for those brachot. By the way, this listing left out Yerushalayim because with Yerushalayim there's nine and uh, other versions of the mission we read earlier also do not have Yerushalayim and therefore you have eight okay Tan Rabbanan so what is this Rishar Tfilah this last one is very generic so here's what the, here's what it is God, a song, a, a supplication, a request in, from you. Your nation Israel needs to be saved, salvation. Thank you, And presumably you then elaborate on it. Which is what we actually say before we say. Okay, but you know here the focus starts with the Avodah. So the Ritzay, which is about the Korbanot, comes first. Then the Shomea Tefillah is the whole generic Tefillah. Everything that we ask for. Listen to your people Israel when they cry out. Right? Shomea Tefillah, it's quite ironic. right? We have spent all of the Shemona Esrei asking for specific things. And then we ask for, listen to what we asked for. right? So it could be just a, please accept our requests and listen to what we said before. But it also could just be like the catch-all. There's so many other things that we need. Please always be, you know, be, be listening to the things that we, that we request and that we need even 
if we can't articulate them, and so on. So Shomer Tfilah is the big generic Tfilah. <laughs> so again, it's interesting to think, as we've been talking about, about the shift between Mikdash and Tfilah, Mikdash, you know, sort of as ritual of Korbanot and Tshuva. So here you have a grafting of the Beit Knesset, the Kriyah HaTorah, on it. But with that Beit Knesset reality, you have these brachot, right? And these brachot, so according to the Tosos Yashanim, you might remember, he said the whole reason you do them, the major reason you do the Kriyah Torah is in order to give brachot on the, on the Avodah. So to frame everything that came before, you know, with these words, with this tefillah, with these brachot, all of this profound ritual, or, you know. But here it's interesting to just notice the reversal of the order. We start with Shomer Tefillah and then do Ritzay. Here it starts with Ritzay and Modin because it starts with Korbanot and then it shifts to the, to the generic tefillah, anything that your people need. Yes. Uh, which of the two modems is it? I don't know. Is that what you're asking? No, the mode of the is grafting all that. Is, is, is bringing all that together. Is it the what of the Rabbanan? The modem of the Rabbanan. Mm-hmm. The to the, the and the oh, that's what you mean? That the yeah. Modim Drabbanon makes a reference to all of those? Could be. I mean, I see that more more powerfully in the Ritzay, but right, the Ishei right, that it mentions Ishei which is also a very abstract way of referring to the Kabbanon, and moves into Tfilatam. So, but yeah, the Modim too, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right, it also is present in the Modim. Okay. So, uh, okay, so, okay. Maybe Sefer Torah Mibeto, afterwards everybody brings the Sefer Torah from their house, the Koribo, and reads from the Sefer Torah, They're, uh, after they've heard the Koen Gadol's reading of the Sefer Torah. So the whole idea of like following around with your own Megillah during Kriya's Megillah is an old practice. Today, Laharos Chazu told the Rabin to show its appearance to the masses. Now, what is going on there? First of all, aren't they carrying? So Rashi says they brought it all from Erev Yantiv, from Erev Yom Kippur. The Marshal says, I don't know what, or Rashad. Yeah, I know, it doesn't fit the language. The Rishad says, why do you have to say that? There's other Kamars that say that Yerushalayim is a walled city, because it's a walled city. You're, you're, it's an Arab, you're allowed to carry it, it's no big deal, it's Yerushalayim. But what is this Kedei Laharot Chazuto? So Rashi says, oh, because there's this whole idea of Noi Mitzvah and beautifying a Mitzvah, and you want to show everybody what a beautiful Sefer Torah you have and a beautiful cloth. Yeah, but like, why now? Like, why, what's the, I mean, because everybody's around, it's a big gathering, you want to show everybody. Look at this gorgeous Sefer Torah I brought to read along with. I don't exactly <laughs> get. That, that I don't exactly get that Kedei Laharot Chazutol Rabin. Again, the only thing that I will again suggest is maybe it's a, you know, with all of this focus on the Korbanot, and that is the very visual and powerful experience, it's also like a reorienting to Torah, you know, and again, sort of the shift again, thinking about the Korbanot versus the center, uh, you know, is the center of Judaism the Mikdash or is it Torah? You know, so maybe there's a little hint of that, but that might be a little speculative. That, that's speculative. Whoever has brought and okay ha- area the right. okay no more questions now if you see the coin going to you don't see it being the things being burnt the carcasses not you're like you're not allowed but you can't do two things at once so as much as pita obviously there's not that you're, you're not allowed why would I thought you're not allowed to go from one to the other no maybe it's like if you begin one mitzvah you encounter one mitzvah you can't leave it to do another so so maybe if you're doing one thing you're present in one of these experiences you can't leave it to be present and you know be in, uh, in the other one so what says but you're only just present what mitzvah are you doing you're not actually reading the Torah Umay mitzvah what is the mitzvah you're doing 
You're being part of the masses that are assembled. That's part of what it means to participate. You can participate, you know, they only serve, they also serve those who stand and wait. Oh, that's a different guy there. But anyway, participating is also like being a, a presence, you know, at when, when an event is taking place. So Kamash Milan, that that would not be a problem. You actually would be allowed to shift. Now, why would you be allowed to shift? So Rashi says it's a great Havamina. Rashi says, Kamash Milan, Zalav Mavirum Does that mean that we don't, we discount your presence? It doesn't really matter. You're not really participating. You're just watching. You're just hearing. No, we do have an idea of Verovam Hadrasmela. So even though there's an idea of a degree of participation, it's not direct participation, you still are allowed to leave and go to another one. Okay? But I do think that the idea it's talking about here is how much, even if you're not the actor, you're just in the show when the davening is going on, you're present when something is going on, how much are you also seen as a participant in the events that are happening, I think is a powerful idea here. Maybe not so much that you can't move from one to the other, but to a degree that it's Barovam Hajas Melech and you add and you create the experience, yes. Okay, moving on now, continuing the Avodah. You read some of the Sefer Torah, which is sort of the one thing that is like a, the, the Shul experience grafted in, not in the Psukim at all. Now we get back to the types of stuff that's in the Psukim. In Bivigde Butz Kore, if he was reading in his linen garments, his Bigde Kuna, now he has to take them off. So now we go through the process of removing the garments, which requires washing the hands, and then getting into the new garments. He washes his hands for take before he takes off his old ones for the end of the sort of wearing of those, of that, of those garments. Then Pashat, he uh, strips. Yarad v'taval, he goes to the mikvah. Allah, he gets out of the mikvah. Nevinis tabeg, he drives himself off. He zilo big day zahav. Now they, he's done with the major avodav yom kippur of the big day lavah. Now he wears his standard garments which have gold in them. The lavash, and he dresses, and he and he he, he robe, he, he puts them on. The kidesh davraglav, and he washes his hands because again, according to this mishnah, the hand washing is done only when the garments are on. So when you put on the new garments, you wash. Before you take them off, you wash, and then you wash. Okay, the asa then goes out. The asas elo, there's elam, right? Which is almost a quote from the pasukim. The asa, you know, he he goes out of the asa. The pasukim is he's yatsa from the hechal. But here the Vyatsa is wherever he was reading it. I don't know the Ezusnoshim. Now he goes and he does the Ram because you'll remember in Achremos, now the Torah like to, like mentions it just very quickly in passing. There's no big description of what's being done. Yeah, now just go ahead and do the Rams. But together with the goat and the cow and the ox came. Each one was coupled with a Ram and it was Leola. So Ayelachad Leola. Okay, so now he does, brings those two olot, his and the one for, that was, that was, that was, in, that was together with his ox and the one that was together with the people's goat. The eight shivat kvatim to me mean the neishana and the seven pure lambs. Again, quoting from the pasuk, meaning this is what's written in an um, emor. Now he also brings the musaf. The avodas yom kippur is not the musaf. Now he brings the musaf. That's what Rebbe Eliezer says. Rebbe Akiva Omer in tamit shachah you created. No, the musaf was brought with the tamit shachah. It took place before the avodat yom kippur. Okay, interesting question. When do we say in the davening the musaf, the psukim of the musaf? After the Avodah or before? Before. No, I think we say it. Really? So we said it. No, because we say it in. No, 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 no. When do we say the Psukim of the Musaf in, in, during Musaf of Shimon Esrei? During. Uh, no, uh, no, in Chazar Sashat, because only Chazar Sashat has the Avodah. Yeah, well, the Elena immediately follows the Bracha. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can do you can do that as an assignment for the. Is it before the avoda? Okay, I don't remember. 
Right, 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 right. And then, you're and then, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, all right, so you'll check. So oh, yeah, that's it depends on whether you want me to come yeah. up or, or something. All right, so anyway, so people can go ahead and check. I don't remember. Um, Rabbi Akiva, Miriam, Thomas Shachar, are you crazy? So he says the most of would be with the Thomas Shachar. Upara Olav, Vesir Hanase Bachot. Now, how about, we're not done, because part of the Musaf is not just the seven lambs. Together with the Musaf is an ox for o- an Ola and a goat, which is here described as done outside because there's these goats, the goat of Yom Kippur, the blood was done inside, but the classic goat that is brought with every Musaf is a Seir Lechatat, a goat Lechatat, and that's done obviously on the outer altar. So how about these two, which are the remnant of the Musaf? When do you do that? So according to Rabbi Akiva, it would, those would be brought with the afternoon. So according to Rabbi Akiva, Tamid. Rabbi Akiva would have that it's linked with the Tamid and not with these other stuff of Yom Kippur. So according to... We don't really know where it is. This is going to get confusing. I might have to make a chart because I won't be able to do this on Shabbos. But anyway, but you have here, you have the Tamid, right? And that's when he's wearing the first Pekadim. Then you have the Avodat Yom Kippur, right? This is Zahav, Laban, right? Zahav. Then you have this, which starts with Elo, the El Ha'am, which is the end of the Avodat Yom Kippur, okay? Then you get, you have the Lavan, which is the Hutzat HaKaf. Then you have the final Zahav, which is the, which is the um, Tamid of Tamid Shobain Harbayim. Okay? So Rabbi Akiva says, you would do part one of the Musaf here, Musaf 1. Why would we do it so early? And whatever, we'll talk in the Gemara. And part 2 of the Musaf here. Right? He says it's the Tamit Shabbain Harbayin. That's when you do the ox and the, and the goat. So the only thing you do here, even though you're wearing the gold garments, is basically the remainder of the Avodat Yom Kippur. So for him, he separates out all the parts of the Musaf to give this its total focus. You know, this is just Yom Kippur, even the Lavan, even the Big Day Zahav, is just the ram, the elo, the el ha'am that's connected to the avodat yom kippur, as opposed to Rabbi Eliezer that had part of the musaf being done here together with them. All right, pretty clear, more or less, as clear as it's going to get. Okay, so um, okay, kidei shadav raglav. So he's done with whatever he does now. Where in the second wearing of the gold garments, minimally, of course, the ram, the the ayelo, the his. Elo the El Ha'an washes his hands. Who pashat the Yerad the Tavav the Eleven he's tapeg the Yivilo be Lavan he does the washing the Tvila he gets dressed in now the, the white garments again. So Lavash v'Tishad of Raglav dresses washes his hands. Nichnas lahutiyat Hakaf v'Samachta the only thing he does now in the second wing of the white garments is the taking out of the fire pan and of the uh, you know and of the uh, uh, of the, the spoon thank you that had the incense. Goes to the whole washing again. With the third wearing of the gold garments. Okay, the lavat for kedushat of raglav. And he does. The, it's interesting. It doesn't mention the tamid shabein arbayim, which is part of this that you would think is the biggest thing. But the other things that go with the afternoon tamid also, which is the afternoon Torah and the af- and the lighting of the neiros. Kedushat of raglav upashat. And he does it the final time. He does not go back to the mikvah because now he's done with the entire avoda. So he just does one last washing of the hands. He vilo bideatzmo, and then he gets his own street clothes. Vilavash, and he wears them. Umal so at beito, and there would be a whole retinue that would accompany him to his house. The yom and he would make a yom for his for his friends. The shashi yatzabeshalom inakodesh. 
so in the, when he left with peace and he wasn't hurt and they didn't drop dead and everything felt everything went well he makes a big yanta okay yeah, so, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah Cohen. okay Ibailu we'll, we'll sing it when we're done with the seventh parish now now first of all it says I just have a textual question Rabbi Eliezer when he says right I'm sorry when Rabbi Akiva says that um, that the seven lambs were with the morning tamid with the afternoon it says there's an ambiguity with, what the, whether it says and the ox which part of that sentence is going on what are you saying in you crave him so the seven lambs, the first half of the Musaf was the morning, and the ox and the goat, the second part of the Musaf was the afternoon. Oh, the Mahari Kamar, maybe this is what you're saying. In you The seven lambs plus the ox were with the morning were with with the morning tamid. And maybe only the goat was with the where do you put like the period in that sentence? Maybe only the goat was with the after one afternoon. So A, we're not really clear on Rebbe Akiva, there's a little ambiguity. Though that's not really much of an ambiguity, as Tosos points out, because of the plural use because of the of the plural of the verb. Anyway, that's one ambiguity. The two, but now we have a real uncertainty in terms of Rebbe Eliezer. Parallel Rebbe Eliezer, Rebbe Eliezer mentioned the seven lambs, he said, right, Rebbe Eliezer had the Musaf going here. According to Rabbi Eliezer, you have the, 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 the purple is Rabbi Akiva, the blue is Rabbi Eliezer. So according to Rabbi Eliezer, you have Musaf 1 here, the 7 plus <coughs> Okay, He never told you where you do Musaf 2, where you do the second part of the Musaf, where do you do the ox and the, 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 ox and the goat. Okay, the 2, Paro, Rabbi Eliezer, Jashariye, Amos where was the ox? Rashi says it also means where was the goat also. He, never, he didn't tell us where you do that. But two, and in addition, Bain Rebbe Eliezer, Bain Rebbe Akiva, whether Rebbe Eliezer or Rebbe Akiva, how about the, the, uh, you know, the innards um, and the intestines of the par and se'ir? Remember, he cut up the animal, he took out the intestines, he sent the carcasses to be burnt. When does, he, when does he put those intestines on the altar? So we don't have a clear description of every detail of what is going on. So Amar Rava, so said Rava, Lo mitakanta, you should not find this sort of, you know, six, meaning clearly delineated what everything, where everything happens. You won't find it in a Mishnah. The Mishnah does not spell out all of the details. Ella, if you want to find a clear delineation, it's Ol Rebbe Eliezer, the Tana de Shmuel, either the version of Rebbe Eliezer in a Breita from the house of Shmuel, and I'm going to warn you ahead of time, this Rebbe Eliezer is not the same position as the Rebbe Eliezer of the Mishnah, so don't ask me why it's, don't, don't ask me about the contradiction, it's a different version of Rebbe Eliezer. There it's spelled out, Ol Rebbe Akiva, Kiddusosefta, or Rebbe Akiva as it's found in the Tosefta. But in the Mishnah, there's a lot of ambiguity. Now let's see what these two positions are in the Brayta. The Tana de Shmuel, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Yatzav Yasa Elov Elaam, the Emure Chatat. So according to this version of Rabbi Eliezer, here you did the Emurim with the Ayo of a Parola v'Shivak Kfasim v'Siyar Nata B'Chutz in Tamit Shabayin Abayim. So according to this, Rabbi Eliezer of the Tosefta of the Brayta, Rabbi Eliezer of I don't know Shmuel is here you do you do the Emurim. I'm sorry, that's B.K. Lava. Uh, and this also should have been over there. Sorry. Here was Rabbi Eliezer Mustafa 1. Right? The 7th of the 7th question. So now in the Rabbi Eliezer of the, of the Brisa, okay, Rabbi Eliezer of Shmuel, okay, according to this, the only thing you did here was also the Amure the the Parvis here. 
So by the way, it's still nice because according to this version as well, like Rabbi Akiva, the only thing being done here is pure Yom Kippur. Right? Only being more a parvus year. And then here, in the final big day Zahab, according to this, you would do the entire Musaf. All of the Musaf. Okay, so that's a, Rebbe, that's a version of Rebbe Eliezer. Together with Tam Shabbat Nevi'im, yeah, before, but okay. Avaparol of Shiva Zkratim Sir Nasi Bechutim Tam Shabbat Nevi'im. Rabbi Akiva de Tosefta. What's Rabbi Akiva de Tosefta? Mahi to Tanya. Rabbi Akiva Omer. Parola of Shiva Zkratim in Tam Shabbat Shachar. How you crave him? Okay, that he made that according to the Rabbi Akiva de Tosefta, it's not just the it's not just the seven Kratim. It also includes the parsh, and that was just left this is the year. Okay, so that's most of the musaf. Okay, shenemar milvado lasavok asher lasatamid. In addition to the morning sacrifice, which according to Rabbi Akiva means the musaf is always brought in the same context as the morning tamid. That's the pasuk that he says that explains why we're bringing the musaf with the tamid before the avodah, not after the avodah. The achakach avodah sayom. Then you do the avodah of Yom Kippur the Achakach Seir Anasa Bechut then you do the goat Shenemar Seir Zim Echad Chatat Novad Chatat HaKippurim so because the goat is other than the Chatat of the Yom Kippur which means after the Chatat of Yom Kippur the Achakach Elov Eil Ha'am then you do the Ayo the Achakach Emurei Chatat then you do the Emurim the Achakach Tamid Shabayin Harbayim and then you do the Tamid Shabayin Harbayim so according to according to this here you have done the um, here you've done, according to this version of Rabbi Akiva, you've done pretty much the entire Musaf, because it says, and this is what we'll end, Al-Ol-Al-Olah-Hatamid, that, that's the Pasuk, so Musaf goes with the Tamid, then here, he says, you do the, here what he says you do is, you do the, first thing you do is the Seir of the Musaf, because it says, Milvad Chatar HaKippurim, so remember, the Avodah Yom HaKippurim got a Seir for a Chatat, right? The people's Seir that was inside. Yes? So that since the public says you do this Seir for the Musaf on Yom Kippur, in addition to this Seir that's the Avodah, so for Rabbi Akiva, he's very focused on whenever these things are linked, they come together. So the Musaf is linked to the Ola, come together. This Seir says, in addition to this Seir, so the very next thing you do after this Seir is this. Okay, then, then he says, what do you do? Then you do um, the Ayo, that's the other big sack, right? That's the end of the Avodah. And then the Emurin, because that's like the wrap-up of the Avodah. And, and then, finally, he says, you do the Vachach, and then way over here, you do the Kamik Shabayin Harbayim. Okay, so according to Rabbi Akiva, basically pretty much all of the Musaf is up here except for the Seir and then you fin- and then you finish it and according to these other versions you don't do the Musaf up front you do the Musaf after and maybe divide them up into different sections so I'm sure that was super clear and uh, tomorrow we will we will wrap up uh, why, uh, we will wrap up what their different positions are what their different reasons are